Good morning, afternoon or evening and welcome to the 13th episode of the Folks and Invicta podcast on Sunday afternoon. Um, had a chat with Henry about a lot of different issues. He told us about the path he'd been on that brought him to Invicta last summer. Uh, went through a lot of the key moments of last season from his point of view. Moved on to how things ended, uh, where things go from here, what he's hoping for from the future, and some stuff sent in by listeners and viewers and followers. Put a few of those questions to him. So hopefully you'll enjoy listening to what he has to say. And I'll pass you over to us now. Right. Hello, Henry. Thanks for joining us. How's the lockdown been treating you? Um, it's been all right, to be fair. I've been keeping myself busy uh, as much as I can. Obviously, not working, not coaching, just trying to keep fit. A bit like everyone else, really, getting out once a day if we can. Trying to stay fit in the garden, keeping yourself entertained. Yeah, it's just one of those things that's got to be done. Let's like said back then, before you came to Invicta, you played for some very different clubs at very different levels of the pyramid. Uh, tell us the journey you've been on up until last summer. So, uh, when I was eight, I got signed by Gillingham, spent most of my career there through the youth setup. Um, left school at 16 and went full time with their scholarship. Um, at 17, went on loan to Deal Town. So, I had a bit of experience with men's football there. So, that's where my connections are with them. Um, at 18, I signed a first year pro and I spent the first half of that season out on loan at Chatham Town. And then the second half, uh, I had a little spell at VCD as well over a Christmas period. And then uh, and then that was it for Gillingham. Uh, at the end of that year, got released and went to Wickham Wanderers. So I moved away. Uh, Wickham was a, was a weird one, really. Like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, before I signed, uh, basically what the situation there was the goalie coach, Barry Richardson, sat on the bench. So basically they were looking for a number two that they wanted to go out on loan. So I actually was... I spent that season out on loan at Canvey Island, um, but I, to, in order to get a contract at, at, at Wickham, I had to. I was on trial at Canvey as well, so <laughs> I literally had to. If I secured the loan move to Canvey and they wanted me for the season, then I'd get a contract at Wickham. So it was a really surreal situation. But luckily, I did spend a season playing at Canvey, uh, get loads of experience. We made it to the playoff final as well. Unfortunately, we lost to Harangi at their place. A uh, bit robbed, really. A few refereeing decisions that day didn't go our way. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good experience to go on loan all season. And then obviously it was the year that Wickham got promoted from League Two as well. So I was a part of that. I know I didn't play any games, but I was there training every day. And to be fair to Gareth Ainsworth, he made sure everyone was involved in the celebration. So I got a, a gist of what it's like being in a big promotion party, which was good. Um, after that, I dropped out of Wickham and I went to Margate. So I played the first half of the season at Margate. Uh, this was the season before last. And then went back into full-time football with Charlton for the second half of the season, playing 23s football. Uh, that didn't work out towards the end of that either. So I ended up leaving there and I ended up at Chatham Town for the last three games of last season. And then obviously in the summer, ended up signing for Invicta. So last summer we first bumped into you when you were playing in the, you played the second half of Deal when we played there in pre-season. 
and then you played, I think, the full 90 minutes for Whitstable a few days after that. Um, at what point do you know Cugley was interested and then that you'd be joining him, Victor? Um, so it's a bit of a weird one, really, because I went to... I, I played for a few clubs in the last pre-season. Like, I played for Ramsgate a couple of games and then uh, didn't really... Nothing really worked come of that. So I just spoke to the people at Dill and just asked if I could get some minutes. It was quite funny, actually. I played for Dill on the Saturday against Kennington. And on that Tuesday, we played Folkestone. I had a school trip with work in Fort Park and I was stuck in traffic. So literally, I got there halfway through the warm-ups. I didn't even know I was going to make it. So Kingy Gibby said, like, look, we'll just play the second half. And obviously, I played the second half and... Uh, I thought I'd done all right. Like we had a bit of banter <laughs> me and your fans time wasting in a pre-season friendly. But yeah, that might have been me. <laughs> but um but yeah, after the game I was actually I know the Whitsboy assistant manager, Paul Murray, was speaking to Cugs and uh sort of introduced me and then Cugs just got talking to Cugs after that game and just talking as like a three. Uh, basically, Cugs was said, look, we're interested. I think Joe, I think his name was Joe, was leaving for university. He said, look, we are at looking out for a keeper. Um, obviously, like, you've done well tonight. And Paul, like, Paul told him about where I've been and stuff. Um, he said, like, obviously, would you, like, be interested in signing? And then at that moment, Paul said, well, we're playing Folkestone Saturday and our keeper's away. So you might as well play for us against Folkestone and then sign for Folkestone after. So, so I knew the whole Whitstable game. So I was a bit under pressure because I knew I was signing. It was a bit of a weird one, and it didn't really help that Ira broke through in like the fifth minute and smashed one in the top corner. Against me, that gives me a bit of stick for. But like, I knew Finn, I knew Alfie, and I knew Ira from uh, Gillingham. So I sort of texted them to see what it was like and stuff, and they knew that I was going to sign. And obviously. I was getting a bit of chirp as well at the Whitstable game <laughs> from some of the Victor fans. I was just laughing in my head because I was like, if only you knew uh, I was signing after this game. <laughs> so that's how it comes back. So I, I knew before the Whitstable game that the plan was to speak to Cogs after the game and, and sign for the next season. And Ira stuck one past you quite early in that game. Yeah, it was a good finish to be fair. Very good finish. Stuck it all over Instagram as well, didn't he? So... And you were the only keeper to be beaten by Callum Davis all season. Was that Callum who scored from the corner? Yeah. Oh, God. To be fair, I nearly got beat by him at Horsham. <laughs> Couldn't let that happen twice. We'll come on to that later, don't worry. So you started the season as number two to Tim, but you got your first start early away at Horsham. Firstly, you made a wonderful side, didn't I, Callum, a great goal at the wrong end. But then you had the penalty in an injury time. How did you feel when you were waiting to face that? Oh, I don't know. It was just a mix of emotions because I think like we weren't that great at all. Like looking back, we weren't great. We rode our luck through that game. Obviously, made that save in the first half, but they hit the bar. Uh, there was a few crosses in the second half that flashed across goal that only needed a touch. Um, it just felt like one of them games that like we might just nick this. And then obviously the penalty at the end was just like I don't know if it was a penalty. It was quite soft, and then. At the end, I thought, oh, he's quite an experienced player. And I, I normally go, lefties normally go to the goalie's left. But I thought, oh, I think he's going to have a bit about him and stick it to my right. So he absolutely sent me for a hot dog. And I remember just looking and uh, the fans were giving me loads of stick behind the goal because I literally time-wasting again. But <laughs> and to be fair, I was laughing back with them and always have a laugh with the away fans. And... Um, and yeah, I saw him drag it wide. I was just like, oh my God, like it was meant to be. But it was a bit of a weird one because 
And a situation like that, playing against Worthing for Margate, and literally all game we'd been peppered and we won 1-0 the same. And in the last minute, their striker hit the post and missed the penalty in exactly the same same way and everything. So I was like, it was a bit of it like deja vu, really. But I was just so glad it went past. And obviously, clean sheet is all that really matters. And going away from it with three points. Yeah, it was a bit, bit of a nerve at the time because obviously we went into that game. We were both we were the two unbeaten teams in the league. And obviously, they were going to lose that at that point. And then we thought, oh, we've messed this up. And yeah, digs it wide. Yeah, it was good. Dragged it well wide. But it's well yeah, Almost like you've um, like you scored a last minute winner effectively at that point, isn't it? Yeah, I'd prefer to save it. I think it's quite hard to celebrate when uh, he's absolutely sent you for a hot dog, really. <laughs> like, you just thought, I just sort of laid there and wasted a bit more time. All right. The next league appearance you made was home to Bogner. The next league appearance you made during the season was then at that home game against Bogner, which was probably one of the better performances we saw from either keeper throughout the season. Um, but obviously, despite the amount of saves you made that day, we'd come away with nothing. They uh, snatched a late win. What's it like with the mixed emotions from obviously having played so well, but not ended up taking the three points? Yeah, it was frustrating. Um it was quite a big one for me because I, like, obviously where I played before um, weren't really that close to home. Obviously Margate, so I had quite a lot of friends there, loads of family all watching. Probably like some of them for the first time, like they'd known me years. But so it was one of them where it was a bit like, oh, there's people actually I know. So it was a little bit of that at the back of my head. Um, obviously, like it just was one of them games as a goalie that you just seemed to like whatever you done it, the ball would hit you. Like there was one save in the second half where the ball flicked up and was going back in and it just landed back in my arms. And then obviously took one straight in the crown jewels as well. Um, it was just one of them games that everything hit you and it just seemed like we could nick a nick like a draw or even win it. But then I, I do think Bogner were the better team by, by far again. But it was just devastating that last goal because I slipped. Like there was a slip. I tried to push off and my foot gave way and I couldn't just get there. It was, it was quite a good finish, but it was just so much frustration about it because you feel like you've done so much. But obviously it was it was quite good on a personal note to show people what I could do, obviously um, being at home as well. So the majority of our, our fans, it was probably the first time they see me, see me play. So... I enjoyed the Furret game the uh, the Tuesday night after more, to be fair. <laughs> but personally, it was good to like make my home debut and stuff. But obviously, the result was so frustrating, and I think everyone felt a bit deflated after. But it was one of them things like everyone beats everyone in our league, and you can't get too down on one result because the next few games uh, you can go on to win in a row. Yeah, speaking of that East Surrey game, you got an assist for Ira in that one with a big uh, ball up top, and he twisted <laughs> one of their defenders inside out. Uh, do you often pick up a few assists, or was that a bit of a rarity for you? So it's a bit like when I was on loan at Deal, I got a few. Um, I think playing in the academies, it's a lot of playing out from the back, and it. And um, I, to be fair, I really enjoyed that one with Ira because he actually had quite a lot to do, and we were they just scored as well. I think it was two one at the time or 3-1 maybe, it was quite tight and they were, they were having their spell in the game where they've got their goal and their tails were up and just, a, I, caught, I think it was a deflected cross caught it and I just, I was going to kill it completely and I just heard Iris screaming and it was like a 1v1 so I was just like, right, I'm just going to put my foot through this and hope for the best and then to be fair, he's brought it down well and still had to do quite a lot, like beat a few players 
and then smashed it in. And it was more of like a relief as well, just to like get that breathing space again of a go. It sort of killed the game off. So it was probably one of my like favourites of the season. Um, but other than that, normally uh, from where I played before, it's a lot of playing out from the back. And if it is starting a quick counter attack, it's normally the pass before before this person who gets the assist. We went to Malden and Tiptree in the FA Trophy at a point. They were unbeaten. They were coming off the back of they're not letting Orient at the FA Cup away from home. Um, we, I would suggest we dominated that game. We played really well. We'd gone tuning it up early on. Uh, we scored three in the end, but still ended up going out. Um, how did you and the lads feel coming away from that? Uh, to be fair, like a lot of the lads will still say it's the weirdest game of football we've we've ever played in. I think. You're right, we played probably the best football we did all season for 20 minutes. It was just one touch, two shots. And some of the goals we scored in that game were unbelievable. And we fought 2-0 up, obviously, just missed the pen, which might be the game-changing point of it. But still, like, and then it just felt like they were like the red arrows. Like, everything they hit, I remember the, there was a few goals that it just seemed to fall for them all, every time. There was the goal mouth scramble it's hit me, Newman's got, tried to clear it, he smashed it back into me, it's hit JV. I remember being in a bundle with JV, Newman and one of their players on top and really thinking, like, how on earth is that just falling into the back of the net? Like, what is going on? Um, obviously, Molden, like, free scoring, like, they've, they've done really well, like, in their league and stuff. But to absolutely annihilate them for 20 minutes and then go in at half-time, concede it. I think it was level, wasn't it, at half-time? I can't really... So down they scored yeah all four goals they scored just before half time. Oh yeah, so it literally it was it was literally like what has gone on. And I remember in the changing room, uh, we were like, what on earth has just gone on? And Cog said his bit, and Edgy said his bit as well. And then in the second half, first we scored very early again, and then we just like dominated them again, but we just couldn't get over the line. It was a really weird surreal game, but I think it was a massive learning curve for everyone in in like to push us on for the season like obviously we want to go far in the cups but looking at it like we should have probably gone through and then we had Enfield and then the possibility of having Ebsley I think at home which would have been a massive occasion um but I think we looked at it as a learning curve of like how like it can change so much so like a la- lack of concentration of being 2-0 up like you're not cruising we had to like stick together and be more solid I think we've done that in, in a lot more games uh, from that from that day? Over December and January, we had quite a few postponements home and away. Obviously, they frustrate us as fans, like especially when you only find out on a Saturday morning. Yeah. You've got your day planned out and then suddenly everything's just gone, effectively. Um, how does that affect you as a player in what, terms of what you're doing? Yeah, it, it is frustrating. Um, like sometimes you can put a positive spin on it. Like if, if a few players are struggling with with knocks and stuff, it does give you that time or that that Saturday off uh, just to get just to recover. So you can put a positive on it. But obviously everyone wants to be playing. Like the situation we're in now, like Saturday is going past. It it's, it doesn't feel like a Saturday anymore. Like football is is such a big part of our lives, and obviously everyone else that comes to watch his lives, it's their like release on a Saturday. It's their weekend really, and it, their weekends defined on the football. So obviously, when the when the games do get called off, it is frustrating for everyone, and obviously it is normally late on. I think they've been quite good this year to call them off early if it's an away game, and likewise, if um, if our pitch isn't playable, then it's been an early for for the away teams coming to us. So as long as they're early, like you sort of get a little bit of time, but I understand it's very frustrating for us and and the fans 
that come to watch as well. So what's it been like playing behind JV, Matty Newman, Callum and Alfie this season? Uh, I think it's been really good. Like I think they have all, like from going through the academy at Gillingham with Alfie, he's always been a striker and he's always been like a really good finisher. Whenever I've played against him uh, for other clubs, he's always seemed to score. I think he scored at Dill as well. Um, but he's come into that role. Like He hates it. I give him loads of stick in the feet because he wants to be a winger. He wants to score goals. But I just, he's brilliant at left-back. Like He just does the simple things. He can go on, go forward as well and be really effective. Obviously, Callum and News are very experienced. Um, like they're good talkers. I think that they're solid just to be behind. And JV obviously has played all the games uh, that he has. The same, very solid. And even when Finn, Finn drops in or Blanksy drops in to do a job in either midfield or or come in on in centre half or right back, he does well as as well. So I think we, we're pretty solid at the back. Like we've got a good mix of youth and experience as well. Um, obviously, it's good to have them players around you. Obviously, when going gets tough that experience comes through and they just get just get get it through together. And I think off the field as well, like all the lads are quite close. Obviously, the season came to an end with that penalty shootout win over Brighton C, um, making you the final Invicta player to touch the ball for the season. <laughs> Did you have any idea at that point that football might end up being affected at all or like even to what extent? And now has it been a bit of a shock to you? Was it a bit of a shock to you at that point when they, they did end? Um... I don't know. I think obviously the coronavirus was, was just coming sort of the first few cases and stuff over in the UK. Um, at work, there was a lot of talk before that game in the change room about it, like if, if it was going to be like if it would cancel football and stuff, if it would get that bad as what it is now. Um, I don't think it, it sort of come to a really abrupt end. It was just literally on Twitter like bang, that's it, season's done. Um, but obviously I think it's a correct decision um, to call it off like 100% like you can't have people if the Premier League's off like there's no way we should be on um, it's a bit of a shame obviously like getting through to a semi-final and obviously being in a good position in the league but if the situation like personally what I feel about it is it's much bigger than football and it's people's lives at the end of the day and I understand football is a massive part of people's lives but it's, it's a life or death situation unfortunately and it did come to a shock but with working in a school and stuff and knowing that schools would potentially shut soon, then a gathering of 500 people at Folkestone and Victor is not going to be happening either. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Obviously, we had like 1,400 at Worthing not long before that. And if we'd have gone on and had a position with a playoff final or, you know, the chance to win the league against Lewis on that last day or whatever, you could expect similar crowds down here. Yeah. And that's just not, it's chaos really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely like the whole situation it is, it is bigger than football. And the problem is this time off will probably make us appreciate it a whole lot more. Like normally the summer like makes you really hungry to come back. But like this time now, you're going to have the summer and this period we've had off. It's going to make people appreciate it more when it does come back. And I think we'd much rather have all of our fans safe and well and be back than having to force out play these games and put people's lives at risk. It's really not worth it. Yeah, obviously, normally when you go for that summer break, you'll, we finish and then sort of the Football League and the Premier League go on for another month. Yeah. You've sort of got, you've normally got a tournament in there. Yeah. Then you've got pre-season that bubbles away. You've never really got that break. No, exactly. And suddenly, there's just, there's just nothing full stop unless you're watching yeah. the Belarusian League on some dodgy stream. 
<laughs> yeah, it's nothing at all, and I think all the players are missing it. Um, it's literally all sport. Uh, to be fair, I think a lot of us are like keeping in, in contact with each other. Like, there's a lot of challenges going on in the group chat, running five k's. Which me as a goalkeeper, like I do my five k's, but I'm not getting anywhere near like Kieran McCann or JV and Matt Newman's time at all. I think I'm about three, four minutes behind them. Uh, but we still got that bit of competitive edge. Uh, there's a few challenges getting thrown in. Uh, we're all always in contact, like knowing what everyone what everyone's up to and stuff. Um, we've all spoke to coaches, coaches rang around, see how we all are, and and likewise. So we're all in contact. So we're all speaking to each other, but yeah, the situation is bigger is bigger than football, unfortunately, and it is something that we're going to get through. And hopefully, we've got through the worst of it, and hopefully, soon we'll see some sport and, and we'll be back to normal. Obviously, the way things have now finished, there's been decisions taken. I mean, there won't be any sort of promotions or any relegations at the levels we play at. They haven't pleased everybody, obviously. How did you feel about that? Um, to be fair, I'm, I'm a bit mixed emotions about it because you look at team like we're obviously we're in a good position, almost certain to get playoffs. Could have nicked it. Um, you look at teams below us, and so it, it's one of them where we, we could have had them big days, uh, or like we could have done it. Uh, you sort of look at it as as like, well, what was the what was the point of like playing playing them games if they mean nothing? But then you look at the situation as well, the whole situation, but you feel sorry for more clubs like Molden and Tiptree in the league below have, are like stupid amount of points ahead of everyone and they're not going to get promoted. But equally, you look at the teams at the bottom and if you've done it by points per game, I don't really agree with it because you look at teams where like in the Premier League where Sam Allardyce has gone in and won like six of the last 10 games and gone on a run and that's the beauty of football. Like you like to see them relegation staying up, or you like to see that dark horse getting the playoffs. Like the amount of teams that have got in the playoffs off a last run of ten games, got in the playoffs and got promoted just off that momentum. You're sort of cancelling that out. And there's never been like a points per game uh, like way to decide the way it decides. Obviously the title, because obviously the team that gets the most points per game genuinely wins the title. But if at the start of the season no one goes, all oh, right, you've got to make sure like you you've got to have this certain amount of points all the way through. You can't go on spells of winning four in a row and then losing two. Like football never works like that at all. So to do points per game, it wouldn't make sense. So ultimately, unfortunately for them teams that are up there, or that, or luckily for them teams that seem to be relegated, they're they're sort of had a free hit this season. The relegation teams, and unfortunately the teams that haven't. They've just got to get on with it, I suppose, and use it to fuel themselves like we will for next season to to use it as, look, we've been up there, we can do it again, let's finish the job next season or wherever we're back. Yeah, obviously you're a cricket man and I sort of prepare <laughs> points per game to maybe Duckworth Lewis. But yeah. obviously when you play that at cricket, you know constantly sort of where you've got to be. And if, if anything gets finished, you know what side of the line you are. Yeah, but... If you're throwing points per game in now, you don't have that. No one was looking at where they had to be at that point. Exactly. Yeah. No one. No one was told at the start of the season. Like, obviously, the situation. No one knew it would ever come to this. But it's like, if if it's not in place at the start of the season, and teams know they can be rewarded off of that, it's not going to be. It's not in anyone's thoughts. Obviously, we go out every game to try and win it. 
but you're not looking at the stats thinking, cool, like we've, we've done this, like we've won this many in a row or, or we've got this many points per games. Like no one's really looking at it. And it was only at the end, like someone on Twitter was putting up tables of where you'd finish per points per game. And it's just, it's just a bit of a mess, really. I think it is the fair, like, it's, it's not a fair way of doing it to make it the number one, but it's the most sensible way to do it. To, and it, and like I said, it's got to be that across the whole thing. I know the National League are, are sort of, I'm in an R in what they're going to do, but it's equally, there's always going to be an argument for and against it. So it's just one of them things. In theory, things could massively change anyway. By the time we get back, especially if it, ends up being a long time, clubs could go bust. Some clubs might know they've got a massive budget reduction, which then they might turn around and say, look, can we go down a league or two to cut with travel costs and wage costs and stuff? So, I mean, really, until we know when we're going to get back, when we're going to get into the swing of things, it's sort of a bit, you can't really anticipate what you're going to want from that. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I think the players are aware of that, like, there's going to be a lot of clubs struggling, which is a shame, really, because I'm a big fan of non-league. Like I watched non-league growing up, and obviously it is you are as fans in non-league. I think you are closer to the players. Like you can have a chat with them in a the bar and stuff, and it is some people's livelihoods, and it's unfortunate. But I think a lot of players know that if you've got a club, you're fortunate. Like obviously our club have looked after us, and obviously we've seen the money that the fans have raised as well, which we all like appreciate. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like there are going to be clubs. There's clubs this year that have chucked a lot of money at trying to get promoted, and obviously it, this situation has happened, and like that money's well, it's sort of gone to waste, hasn't it? So there's going to be a lot of clubs. There's going to be a lot of changes, but I think it's going to make it more even, an even playing field across the leagues. And hopefully, if we keep everyone together, the squads played a few years together now. Uh, obviously, I know I've only been part of it a year, but I've had that year experience, know what everyone's about. Um, and then we can really push on and have that team spirit because I think there's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of top earners at some clubs moving on or not getting nowhere near what they were getting because of the situation. But I think football, like non-league footballers understand that. And obviously, we all play football for the love of it. So how's the situation affected you? Firstly, in terms of what you do training-wise, then your work and also just personal stuff. Yeah, so obviously I've been doing, trying to keep up with JB and them like with my 5Ks, but that's why I play in goal because I absolutely despise running. Um, I've done a lot of cycling. I've I found, a, I think Hass as well has got has found a new love for cycling, just getting out on the bike, um, stuff like that, just keeping busy. Um, I've just been there. Uh, like I've got loads of equipment with my coaching side of stuff, so I've been in the garden doing a bit of quick feet, a few garden goalkeeping videos for the goalies I coach. So just ticking away, really, like doing what you can do just to stay fit. Obviously, we don't know when we're going to be back, but you don't want to let yourself go too far and then not be able to get yourself fit and sharp for when you're back. So uh, it is, it's a weird situation, but I think everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's got their uses of their home. Obviously, there's no gyms. Nappy, like some of us are l- lucky enough to have like gym equipment in our house and stuff to use, but others aren't. But it's just getting out, getting on the bike, doing something. Um, work-wise, I'm lucky enough. Like I work in a school. Um, I'm only going in like half a day a week because there's a few of the boys we teach have got uh, key workers as parents, so it's just a childcare. Um, so I do like, half a day a week, really, 
going into work, um, just homes, homes, basically schooling them from home. But luckily, that money I, I won't be furloughed in that because in education, most teachers are providing uh, homeschooling. So essentially, they are still working. Um, my coaching stuff that I do on the side is completely all off. Obviously, it's football; it's close contact with people. So until that gets lifted, that won't be. I won't be coaching, unfortunately. Um, my, I'm doing a university degree, but even that's been called off, and that's a uh, an open university degree, which is online. So I thought, oh, at least I'll have loads of time to do my degree. Um, I had a few assignments, but even they've been cancelled because the tutors online can't commit. And obviously, being the open university, people have got careers. So if if someone works for the NHS and they're doing my course, like it's a bit unfair that they're doing loads of shifts, and they've got to do the same assignments to someone like me that's got loads of time off. So I'm waiting back for my final exam grades to see if I've passed through the year, but they're going to do it overall. And I, I look pretty positive to pass the first year anyway into next year. So I've only got two more years of that uh, to do. But yeah, other than that, that's, that's my situation at the moment. That's how Corona's affecting me. Uh, what are you hoping for going forward when we do get back to it? Um, obviously, I'm going to go back as fit and as sharp as I can. Um, I've sort of spoke to Cubs already and we sort of know like what the plan is for next season. Um, it's just basically go back. Hopefully there'll be competition for a shirt. So hopefully grab that with both hands, come and start of the season. So but it's all healthy competition. And then go from there, really. I want to be as fit as possible and be back on top form and hopefully play loads of games for Invicta. And push on and, you know, right the wrongs of uh, this season where we didn't end up getting promoted. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's like a, a fuel fuel for the fire, really. Just to what we missed out on what could have been this year is is a great incentive to go and get next year. And I think Worthen will be the same. I think Cray were looking good coming back in. So there's a lot of good teams. And like you said before, like depending on the, what the situation has done to teams, there'll be more teams coming through. And I think youth players coming through, I think there'll be loads of opportunities for them, which is good to see. Um good to see them get the opportunities at this sort of level and see how they progress. Like obviously we saw Tyler come through last year, who scored some worldly goals and like he's a great player. But obviously now it's it's time to see more of them come through. Right. So let's look look back at the season a little bit and look at some of your favourite stuff. What was your favourite moment from the season? I think my favourite moment was probably I don't know, it's a toss up between the Horsham game and the in the East Furrow game. So I think I'd go for the no even the Enfield game. I actually I'm gonna say the Enfield game because we were right under the cosh as well. I think I made a save onto the post and I think it was like a little personal battle between me and Bricknell. He kept having pop shots and stuff and their fans were very in your face. Pax was getting hammered all game. <laughs> um, it was a very intense game and it was a great win. So I'm gonna go for the Enfield game. And the fellow that beat you for uh, Enfield is now up playing at Bolton. Yeah, exactly. It, it proves, it does prove that the level we're playing at, if you do well when you're young, if you get games under the, under your belt and you you keep progressing, like there's no way, you, there's no nothing saying you can't go up to the higher levels again. Um, and you see it like Vardy, there's loads of players that come through non-league and go back into the pro game. So fair play to the lads. He was quite quick. I don't know if Cal made him look a bit quicker than what he was, <laughs> but it was quite quick and a good finish. Same like first half, they seemed to stick him on Alfie, thinking that they could stick their big six foot four lad on on our, our little man at left back. 
and he didn't win that battle. Uh, to be fair, Alfie, he's, he's one of them. He's just like low centre of gravity, but he'll he'll climb up people's backs. He'll win headers. Like it's it's unbelievable, and he doesn't seem to get knocked off the ball or get bullied a lot at all, which is credit to him. He uses his body really well, and he can jump high. So yeah, they, I think that that's what they try. Then obviously, Alfie, the tackle that game, I thought I thought it weren't a bad tackle personally, and obviously all the fans were onto him the whole game, and it carried on after the game. It was probably a good non-league game where it was there was a lot on it. I think both teams like they needed to win to keep if they were going to get their playoff hopes alive. And they're a good team. It's a hard place to go. So the game in general was a good old-fashioned non-league game. Right. What was your favourite save from the season? Oh, favourite save. <laughs> so it was probably the one at Horsham. I just like even now, like I look at it sometimes. I saw, I saw it come up and I. Like, I just remember just frying myself at it. I, like, I didn't really, like, and then getting a good hand on it and seeing it go past the post. But it was just the videos after. I, like, even some of my mates going, how have you saved that? And it's just one of them things where you've just thrown yourself. And I think if you die for everything, like, you never know. It's millimetres when you're playing goal. Like, it only takes a touch. And I think Cal's face from one of the angles, I think it was a fan. <laughs> it was just pure relief. But I think it set me up for that game. Like, obviously, first game you're coming into... I think I took a cross early as well, which is always helpful. I think playing in goal, the first thing you do in a game like sets you up. And that was quite early on. So I just sort of, as soon as that happened, I was like, right, that's it. Clean sheet today. Like, that should have gone in. But yeah, that's probably my best save of this season. And what's your favourite goal that we scored this season? Oh, obviously, I'm going to be biased and say the one I set up higher for, for the relief. Um, Joe, the, the one that stands out for me was, I know it weren't a winning goal, but it was Tyler's against uh, Carl Shorten. Because I was speaking to him before, and there was a game before where, uh, I can't remember, it was Edgy said, like, script, like, was saying, look, you need to square it. And I think he went for a shot. And I think it was playing on his mind a bit. And I was talking to him before the game, like, and stuff like that. I was like, in training, he's probably one of the worst, like, to face. Because the things he does with the ball, where it swerves away and stuff, it's an absolute goalie's nightmare. So the one at Cole Shorten where he just stopped it and whipped it top fins was the half in that goal of the season, to be fair, for me. I know Ira's in every chart possible for goal of the season. I'm down to four now, so Ira's only got one left in it. Has he? <laughs> he wasn't happy with the draw for the uh, second round of groups coming out. He had, a, he had a whole group of four of his goals. And he... That's his fault for scoring so many goals. That's what I said. Is you're going to score that many and fill it up, you're going to end up with groups that are all yours. To be fair, like, to be fair to us, like, we, we said through the whole season, like, it was a massive frustration for, like, Cargs and Edgy. Like, we never really scored any tap-ins where someone would just square it across, across goal. There was just loads of well-played goals and, like, smashes from, like, outside the box. Like the one of Bowers and Pitsy away was one of the best work goals as well. Where and I heard he just rocked it from like twenty yards. If like we just didn't really seem to score any tappings or it hit someone and go in. Right, we got a question from a lad Archie. What's your aspirations for the future? So basically, football. I want to play as as high as possible, and hopefully we can get there with Folkestone, like get promoted, Conference South, hopefully into the National League one day. But um, off the field, obviously doing my degree. So obviously looking at getting in, uh, becoming a teacher. So that's that's another goal of mine. Um, I think when you're when you've come out of the full time game and gone in and gone out, it comes a time in your life where you've sort of got to get yourself settled and and look at other 
options. Obviously, doing the degree alongside playing, coaching, and my job, uh, it's just like a little future goal side goal. But obviously, football is is the main goal still for me, and what I'm investing a lot of time into. Question from Jake: How did you feel winning the penalty shootout? That was great because obviously everyone who watched that game, I had a bit of a stinker for uh, their first goal, and my mates ripped me for that so much, but. That's part and parcel of playing in goal. Um, I always do quite back myself uh, with penalties, and I just saw it as an opportunity just to just to clear clear my name a bit, <laughs> sort of lower the amount of stick I was going to get in the changing room. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was great feeling. Obviously, unfortunately, it's the last bit of football that we got to see. But no, it was a good night personally for me, um, and like it was a good way to if we for it to, to end, really, like a bit of celebration, a bit of nerves and stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was a good feeling. A uh, question from Kai. Who's your biggest inspiration? Oh, biggest inspiration. Is that, like, goalkeeping or, like, in general? That's all I've got. So, answer, answer uh, every, every possible angle. I don't know. Like, probably goalkeeping, like, who I looked up to was, like, Van der Sar. Um, more recently, like, the keeper, I think, has done really well is Kasper Schmeichel like for him to play at the level and under so much scrutiny about like will he be as good as his dad and go on to well he was at City and then obviously dropped down to the Championship and then won the Premier League with Leicester and just like I just think he's like top goalkeeper like top performances in the World Cup just think he's one of the best and I think it's a bit I think the scrutiny come under like just to be and the pressure he has to see like everyone compared him to his dad to have the career he has, I think that's that's pretty good going. All right, question from Ryan: Who is your best? Who is the best Margate goalkeeper coach? <laughs> so that's uh, that's my uh, power. So basically, when I was at Margate with my uh, coaching business, um, I coach. I still do now. Um, I coach the so the under sevens all the way up to the under sixteens at Margate Youth. So I do that on a Friday night and uh, he's my assistant. So I'm sort of, he's, he's teaching a rope. So he, he's doing well, uh, Ryan as well, picking up loads and I'm sort of leaving him to do drills now and stuff. And he's a good lad. And to be fair to him, he, he gives up his time for free every Friday night to help out. So Ryan, Ryan will be better than me in a few years, I'm sure. From Finchie, what's your favourite sport outside of football and do you have a favourite club? <laughs> This is this is one of my good good mates. Um, obviously, cricket and Finchie plays for the Nonington, so the Nons obviously are the are the best club. <laughs> Which teacher is the best footballer where you work? <laughs> this one, I saw this one as well, and it's funny because I <laughs> I actually work with uh, Dean Hill. He used to play play for Dover uh, in the Conference South and stuff. So obviously. Brain, but Dougie Heaps, the, the man who sent the picture in, um, he's not really the most athletic of teachers, really, but in the mugger on the playground, he just finds space and his touch is unbelievable. He's like he's like Akin Femmer, I think, but uh, he's, he is good and he's a Yorkshireman as well, so a massive Leeds fan, so it would be a shame to see Leeds not go up. <laughs> Got a question here from Adam. Fosters or Stella? Uh, Stella. You did tell us Peroni, I think, earlier in the yeah, season, like, if, I, quiz. If, if, I, if 
uh, everyone's missing <laughs> missing a pub. If there if there was drafts and there was others, I'd probably go <laughs> go elsewhere. But if I had to pick out them two, best out of a bad bunch, I I personally think. That's all we've got. Yeah, right. Thanks for joining us, Henry. No worries. Take care. So I hope that was uh, an entertaining listen. Uh, obviously, a massive thanks to Henry for taking an hour out of his time to chat to us. And um, we've got another couple of players lined up to chat to us at some point soon. And also the chairman has said he'd be more than happy to come on and uh, talk to us about some stuff. But for now, um, there's not an awful lot of news to bring you. Obviously, we're running our final of our goal of the season competition. Is up on the Twitter page. We've got goals from Tyler Sterling, Joseph DeSantos, Chili McKenzie and Ira Jackson. All in that. That runs until next Monday night. Uh, we've been blessed with some really cracking goals from the lads this season. And uh, all four of those are worthy winners. And there's uh, some more that didn't even make it to that final four that would quite easily have been goal of the season contenders otherwise. So get over there, vote on that. Uh, the lads deserve, all deserve your vote, but obviously only one can get it. There's also a video of all Alfie Paxman's goals from the season up on YouTube, uh, following the ones we did for JV and also for Jerson just after he left. And we'll keep those coming for uh, all the lads that picked up goals this season. Obviously, Ira's will be a bit longer than most, uh, but Johan will have a quite decent uh, video up on there. Some of the others might be a bit shorter. So uh, keep an eye out for those. Uh, head over there and subscribe anyway. And then uh, it should, anytime we put one up, that should pop up for you. And obviously remember to subscribe, subscribe to these. And uh, if you could, give us a decent review and a, or a rating or whatever, depending on where you're listening it to it. Uh, it all helps. Helps make it more visible for people that might be interested. So that would do us a favour and uh, might do some of your friends a favour as well if you uh, share it to anyone who might not see it otherwise. But uh, that's all for now. Uh, Stay safe and uh, speak to you again soon.